On purpose, purpose, purpose. Yes, check one, two. We are here. And uh, how about Willie Do getting the rundown going there as far as the pre-show is concerned? I actually have to uh, give a little bit more instruction, I guess, on to like, sort of what, what the hell we're up to because we have ideas and plans and things like that. And then I realized at different moments, I'm like, I told everybody in here what we're going to do, but I didn't actually tell anybody watching the show what's going on how dare you you know what i mean and then it's just it's not it's just because i like forget that i just i've said it so many times like oh let's do this and let's do that and then you anyway listen here was the idea as far as the pre-show is concerned first of all it gives people a chance to like have a moment to get in there into Mm -hmm. the show first and foremost because if you get hit with some live link and it's happening right now. You feel like you're already behind. You're like, I can't go there right now. There was like no notice. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, it also helps keep us structured around a particular time. But then the other uh, element, the other dynamic element here is that the goal eventually would be to have more contribution from the community itself as far as what we should cover on that particular day and the beauty is of will getting the pre-show going in advance the pre-show can also act as a gathering stage for for the show Mm -hmm. so community members can get into the chat and basically say hey you guys got to talk about this today or hey will did you see this yet and then those suggestions can make their way into the actual show as potentially your tabs and the things that we end up talking about there was something that was going on yesterday as an example which kind of was happening right around the time that we went live and then didn't make it into the show just because we didn't you know we didn't have time to add it but like what was it mo what was the thing yesterday the glitch on the ffa uh, airplanes turning around ffa glitch that took place airplanes were turning around Mm -hmm. and it was very curious subject but it's not enough notice so if people notice some news taking place some news developing uh they can they can hit you with it in the Mm pre-show and then just like that choose your own adventure yeah you have dynamically impacted the course of internet you can change the show you change the show you change you touch you massage you are the show you watch the show you are the show well you are the show because we wouldn't do the show if you didn't watch the show Mm. and so shout out to everybody who uh is has been with us on this wild journey back and forth up and down left and right i'll tell you what yeah i mean you never know but hopefully we're locked and loaded right now that's the goal and uh so get used to this pre-show we're gonna enhance the actual placeholder so you get a representation of like how long it's yeah. going to be before There's I arrive. Because I know a lot of people are skeptical that I'm actually going to be on time. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, noon. Sure, bud. Or I'm just playing music forever. Well, I'm just saying, you saw me walk down that hall today. It might have been 1147. Yeah, you meant business. Today. Yeah, I might have uh-huh. meant business today. Well, it might have been because I see what Mo's up to over there, Mr. Briefcase. Like, that might have something to do with it. That yeah. I was, He's I, just on the floor, just working away. I might have been inspired by such things. It's quite possible. Yeah. Or excited by such things. Maybe not to the same extent as Kovu, who was basically jumping up and down and, like, uh, straddling him over there. Jesus. What's wrong with that? You know, that word doesn't necessarily need to mean what you want it to mean. That's true, but... That's right. Like, you straddle a horse, don't you, when you ride it? Don't you, Mo? 
Don't you do that? I also had time. I even would have showing up 1147 pure business. I had time as well to visit Tim and not talking about Cook. Hortons, everyone. Yeah, I'm about Horton. Yeah. Timmy Horton. How's that coffee, by the way? It's still too hot to sip at oh. the moment. You need to get like a Yeti and just pour the coffee into the Yeti like this one. I have this one right here, the Pro Art. You should use it. Yeah, I'm going to use it right now. Why not? You just inspired me again. It's mega inspiration over here. Now, this is a there dual. This is a dual setup. Oh, there's the old coffee in here. Oh, still. God. I can't. I can't. I would have to rinse and never mind that idea. There's a show to do. Uh, here's the other thing. Chapters. We're going to have chapters. So if you're watching this after the fact, then and you want to just go straight past the pre-show, we're actually going to cut it right before the intro rather than the first topic so that you can go okay. right past the pre-show and right. then you'll have the chapters in there to better navigate oh my goodness gracious it's a lot of instruction going on but it's a reset moment for us and other things might change along the way too and we will aim to keep you informed as much as possible about what the hell all those things actually are yeah and then i'm also curious what the hell you're doing with the audio version because you can't have the pre-show in that yeah i'm chopping it up i'll, I'll get it going easy will yeah. chopping it up over there it's like a like a chef chopping like a chef uh -huh. maybe even using one of those uh Kamiko yeah, you might even be using <laughs> kamikoto yeah you might even be doing something because like, i remember when we put that in your hand on the show and all of a sudden you got real serious and real quiet and you were slicing a the, little grin on my face yeah you were slicing the skin of a tomato times 10 i was like there's no slicing left there and you're like I can go thinner. Oh, I got you, bud. I can go thinner. Yeah. Because I this. got a sharp blade, yeah. sharpened steel. Okay, uh, top story today. Apple is working on adding touchscreens to Macs in a major turnabout. Well, listen, Will, you got to do something because I'm telling you, it's been exciting elsewhere for a while. And Apple has fantastic touch stuff going on with the biggest products in its lineup, right? Mm hmm with uh, the iphone first and foremost and then this ipad i've been using over here uh touch is has so much potential still right now which is you know you might be sitting there thinking i just want a laptop i just want my keyboard i still think there's this this moment that we're waiting to have where the interfaces and software and capacitive touchscreens where it just seems so intuitive mm -hmm. like we won't have to reach for these uh, antiquated devices i also am a big laptop guy i got the laptop right over there as well and there's something nice about a tactile keyboard but other companies in the pc segment have found some sort of middle ground some sort of dynamic um alternative which can do both where you're lifting and flipping and flapping and clicking and clapping and magnets might be involved mm -hmm. Uh, and the keyboard cases for the touchscreen, there's a convergence happening. And then all of a sudden you're having M chips inside of iPads and you're like, but what do I even really do on them? And where's the software that I need? Mm -hmm. So can the whole thing converge? I don't know, because at the same time, Apple, they probably want to sell you 17 items. Yeah. So I don't know if it's one device to rule them all. 
Uh, but famously, Steve uh, Steve Jobs was never a fan of touchscreen laptops. And I mean, this is going way back now. And there's always been separation between uh, iOS, iPadOS, and macOS. Mm-hmm. So if all of a sudden you start thinking about touch, you need to think about interfaces differently. And if you're just touching macOS, it's not really set up for that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously as well, Windows has had a different approach for how you're going to touch that with the variety of interfaces and such. Metro some, UI. Some failed... Uh, and then maybe there's some interface or software that doesn't even exist yet. But uh, according to Bloomberg, which of course is Mark Gurman, MacBook Pro with OLED is poised to be the first touchscreen Mac. My goodness. Uh, that would be a big development from a company that seems to have been avoiding doing something like that for a long time. Scroll down. Let's look at the timeline real quick. Apple Inc. is working on adding touchscreens to its Mac computers, a move that would defy long-held company orthodoxy and embrace an approach that co-founder Steve Jobs once called ergonomically terrible. Well, maybe it was at the time. Maybe there's some alterations that could be made to the ergonomics. Mm. For more than a decade, the companies argue that touchscreens don't work well on laptops. They are a little bit far away, I will say that. And actually, in my own personal experience with uh, the iPad Pro, I even prefer the shorter keyboard without the trackpad because it allows me to bring the screen closer to me at an angle that I find to be a little bit more pleasant Mm -hmm. whereas the new keyboard that they put out with the floating display uh since it puts a trackpad there it moves the screen further away so then screens kind of have to get bigger Mm. if you want to have a decent sized trackpad do you understand what i'm saying on a desktop so they'll have some challenges as far as ergonomics are concerned but i would be so excited to see what apple could do with some sort of convertible some sort of yoga type situation they could I, man i gotta believe they could do something cool will exciting times you got the m chip in the ipad if i can just find a way to flip and flap around an actual macbook style enclosure mm-hmm. and keyboard and i'm clipping and clapping i'm just putting that out there now for those of you that noticed the red up in the corner wherever it happens to be somewhere over there because of zero 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 i can spend hang on a second i can spend as long as i want on any topic you understand this is just a rough guideline for how long you need to wait for the next topic but i can hit that damn buzzer i can go to red you understand as well so don't think for a second that i'm uh, that i only you see what I mean here? There's a trap door under your seat. No, I I can go. If I need to go, I go. If uh, there's things to be said, then things will be said. All right. This is just a guideline. Got it. Will. <laughs> Hurry up. iPhone 16 Pro models could feature under display face ID. Uh, isn't expected till 2024. Yeah, 16. That's 16, not 15, ladies and gentlemen. But these things take a long time to develop. We have seen under-display cameras. They haven't been the best up until this point with the, uh, whatever it is, pixel on-off technology, screen door-looking thing. It tends to, it does diminish the appearance in the sense that it's less of a distraction, but it certainly also hurts quality and performance. So it depends on what you want to prioritize as a customer. For me, since I don't use the front-facing camera very frequently, I love the idea of embedding it. Mm. I love the idea of taking it away as a distraction. But for those that are frequently using that front-facing camera, they may prioritize quality. And if that's the case, then I don't think there's a one-to-one 
performance thing going on right now with this technology. It Not does yet. take a hit being under display. But this is exciting that Apple's doing it. You think Apple they might can do it right? You think Apple can figure it out? Yeah. It's quite possible. Apple could finally bring under display face ID to the iPhone 16 Pro, according to a report from the Korean outlet, the Elec. The Elec. Wow. Technology used for face ID will live directly under the screen, blending in with the rest of the display. So you could do under display face ID without under display camera. You mm -hmm. could have a tinier camera and then hide the other stuff. These are all possibilities. The reason uh, that it hasn't happened yet is the technology for under-display technology isn't there yet and has become evident with other phone companies that have tried incorporating under-display cameras like ZTE and many others. Uh, obviously, the most recent Z Fold has oh, yeah. a very subdued internal front-facing display. I mean, you barely notice the thing. So, yes, it's a, a, a decent development. You would hope that the technology by 2024 has advanced to a stage where you're not sacrificing as much quality in exchange for the covertness of the uh, the actual front-facing camera there. Or maybe they have like a co covert way to hide it, you know? Like, like so that... Like a black outline or something. What are you saying? So like when it's not in use... See this, yeah, but that's... It does, it does something. Well, that's essentially how it's working right now is it does appear differently whether it's in use or not in use. Mm. So... It, it, I don't know if there's going to be, if there's a way to even go further with that, where that, like, could you do it mechanically? Could you have it, some sort of section slide? Like, at the moment, it's pixels turning on and off or changing their behavior. Uh -huh. uh, so I don't really know exactly how you improve that substantially, but you got to believe, uh, you know, that's the beauty of technology, Will. So, mm -hmm. Somebody uh, far smarter than the two of us is sitting there in the la laboratory, in the laboratory, mm. and they're saying... Oh, yeah, we'll take care of that, Tim. Yeah, no problem. I'm just going to need, like, a quick, I don't know, a couple hundred million. Yeah. And I'll spend the next year or so doing a better job than what's already out there. And you'll pay me extra per mm -hmm. unit, but you won't care because your margins are astronomical. Mm -hmm. So you'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Deal? Deal? Okay, right. cool. I'm talking to, talking to you, Tim. All right. Next generation MacBook Pro models with... M2 Pro and M2 Max chips reportedly delayed once again. Apple's next generation 14 and 16 MacBook Pro models with M2 Pro and M2 Max chips were slated to hit the market in early 2023, but they're now expected to be delayed uh, once again. This is via Taiwanese publication. Uh, quick quick little update on that because I've used the, the 16 and the 14 extensively. Mm -hmm. I like the 14 more. I just wanted to put that out there. Hmm. And these things are so so damn powerful as well. My recommendation is no need to max these things out. Just is it get, because of the size? The get, your, get your foot in the door. Yes, the size of the, the power to scale ratio okay. is for the first time in a more portable form factor because, you know, the previous 13-inch MacBook Pro wasn't a real MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, still isn't. Whereas uh, you had to go up 15 plus. Now in the 14-inch, you have something properly portable uh, you can carry any of these things but you understand sure. what i'm saying it's a, it's insane what you can get out of a machine with that footprint and that weight mm -hmm. yeah because i as i've been using the ipad more i've been doing these weight comparisons i'm like i'm like wait a second by the time you put a keyboard case like if you take a 12.9 inch ipad pro and you put their new magic keyboard case on it mm -hmm. the thing's heavier than the new m series macbook air 
And I'm like, well, what is that about? Now I know you can pull one off and draw it and everything else, but I, I don't know. I don't know why I get obsessed over these things. Right. Since since I first got into this business of analyzing technology products, I would be I would be in there looking at spec sheets, going, okay, well, if you had that accessory, now you're carrying this many kilos. Like like a like a very strange person. I'd be saying, and then uh-huh. and then that's in the backpack, like almost like a everyday carry type of analysis. Uh huh. And uh, anyway, right now I'm having the most fun with this combination. 11-inch Pro, iPad Pro, and the the cheaper keyboard case. Mm. So the whole thing is like a pound and a half. Okay. Anyway, uh, these are delayed. Why? Because of global shortages. In late October, German said that Apple planned to release the new MacBook Pro first half 2023. Chip maker TSMC started mass production of the three nanometer chips in late December, but reports conflicted as to whether M2 Pro and M2 Max will be three nanometer or five. The rest of the report is focused on how MacBook shipments will likely decline 40 to 50% in the first quarter, citing unnamed supply chain sources. Ooh, adjusting shipment ratios uh, would be the primary reason for the substantial decline. Interesting. That's a huge percentage. 40 to 50% decline in shipments. Wow. Micro, macro, which one is it? Well, you tell me. Yeah. Maybe we need Mo for that. Yeah. Uh, big ambitions, tiny LEDs. Apple said to be developing micro LED displays for 2024. And of course, they're showing an image here of an Apple Watch Ultra. Uh, screens are said to ship in the Apple Watch first and then the iPhone and others to follow. Obviously, we've seen this in their other products and their displays on a bigger format displays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see this uh, coming into smaller units now. Uh, and this is also coming after a story yesterday about how Apple will be doing its own in-house Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. They're just like in-house, in-house, in-house. Yeah. Let's go in-house. There's like a sense of purity in there. The company is looking to design display panels instead of relying on external suppliers like Samsung and LG. The report echoes a similar one from 2018 that said Apple could begin shifting to its own displays in 2020. Oof. The new screens will use micro-LED tech that Apple acquired in 2014, like OLED. Yeah, we know about micro-LED. Looks good. Darker blacks, whatever else. Maybe a little bit of ghosting here and there. Uh, Apple is starting small, so it'll do the micro-LED displays first, ship them in the highest-end Apple watches like the Apple Watch Ultra, before attempting versions for iPhones. People are very particular about displays. They do all types of pixel peeping and things like that. Mm. And so there will be a different level of scrutiny. It's something you can see, even maybe possibly even more so than doing their own communications chips. Uh Where that's sort of more phantom and uh, compatibility reigns supreme there where there's other things and people to be blamed but if you have an inferior display somebody on video will stick it next to another display and go look uh-huh. at the tinge look at the shift You're look right. at the yeah. mud and because it's pure hardware it's very easy to analyze and extremely visual so if their stuff isn't on let's say samsung caliber it's going to be a different level of scrutiny and this is why you would start small which is a smart decision start small Start smart. There you go. I don't, I don't know. I was going to have one other rhyming uh-huh, thing there. Yeah. It, it fell apart. You understand? Yeah. Um, new AirPods Max and $99 
AirPods to launch as early as next year. Okay, well, $99 is more interesting than Max. I'm not a big fan of the Max. Mm. Uh, For me, it's too heavy as a over-the-ear headset. Now, I know what they're doing, the premium materials and so forth, and a premium price tag to match, but I start to get fatigued on the headband and such. Like, Mm -hmm. this headphone that I'm wearing here was selected because of the ergonomics, the weight, the fit, and so forth. Sure, yeah. I mean, they sound good, too, and they have a super minimalist look to them, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, like, and you can probably attest to it, you forget you're wearing these things. Yeah, they're very comfortable. So lightweight. Anyway, mass shipments of second-generation AirPods Max and more affordable AirPods. Uh, In a series of tweets today, Quo, this is Ming-Chi stuff, said Apple's aiming at a $99 price for more affordable standard AirPods. Uh, those are one twenty nine at the up, and that's a that's a uh, at the moment. That is a major psychological barrier. The hundred dollar barrier mm-hmm. to go from uh, one twenty nine to ninety nine convinces so many more people. They're like, it's hundred bucks. Yeah, it's hundred bucks. It's two it's digits. My money. Two digits. I'm not convinced. Three. I'll take some. So like everybody else at this point that hasn't acquired AirPods at the moment, <clears throat> now they can get that at the ninety nine. You mm-hmm. could see it. Also, there's another good reason for it, similar to the iPhone space where there's too much crossover price-wise. It's like, wait, the regular iPhone model is too close to the Pro model. Why would I bother getting the regular one? And then it's just there's not enough separation there sure. between these two things. And I just realized, by the way, if Kirk's going to sit there with his mechanical <laughs> keyboard, that's going to be an issue. Because <laughs> that is, what switches are those, man? They're brown, right? Oh, they're red. I knew he was going to say something. Wow, man. That's unbelievable. He's just firing off over there. Mr. Email over there. Yeah, clicking and clacking over there. It's unbelievable (laughs) stuff. That is, we saw a real world reaction to Cherry uh, MX red switches right there. Why? Is it you or is it the chat? Oh, I don't know. I didn't actually even look at the chat. It's just, I I mean, eventually it would come up. If I can hear it, they can hear it. So. Anyway, um, so 99 is a big threshold for people, mm-hmm. and uh, it creates more distance between this all these different models that, that that exist now, right? With the, well, how many do you have right now? You have the the Pro, you have the Max, you have this, one with the charge, the wireless charging, one case, with the wireless charge and one case, the, right, the regular original, and, and one original. And I think are they not selling the OG version as well? Of AirPods without the more bulbous ear tip? Is that out of the question now? Why do I feel like that thing is still out there in some sense or another? Am I crazy? I might be. Yeah, like the second generation, you're still able to find it. I don't know if Apple's selling it, but it's still out there. Okay. That's what I'm trying to get at here. But it's it's a lot to choose from. 99, big barrier. Um, And then AirPods Max, make it lighter, please. And thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. And maybe not uh, 550, although you know it's going to be 550. At least. Twitter reportedly considering putting popular usernames up for auction. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, my God. Like uh, URLs back in the day. Uh-huh. .com, boom. Uh, yeah, it happens anyways. I'll say that. If you, have a, yeah, if you have a high-profile username that isn't currently occupied or is occupied by a squatter that's not using it, oh, you know what? You're the guy that's affected by this. I don't want to put anybody on blast. But anyway, yeah. I'm not going to go into that. But there are sometimes people that are ha- they may have a username that somebody would use really heavily and it could be very helpful to them. Sure. But they're just kind of like sitting on it or haven't tweeted in a long time. Uh-huh. Now, I know there's obviously there should be some sort of uh, 
um, timeline on that before uh-huh. something goes up for auction, some timeline of not being used. Uh-huh. Currently, I really don't even know what the official protocol is. How long an account needs to be dormant before that username goes back into the pool? Mm-hmm. It does obviously happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. So this is called handle.horse. Get notified when your favorite Twitter at handle becomes available. So you set up a notification for yourself. Uh, it's monitoring 60,000 handles for 12,000 users. So this is a nice little tool there. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't know how often this happens. Oh, this is really recent that Elon said on December 9th, Twitter will soon start releasing unused handles. Uh-huh. So there you go. They're going to probably get more aggressive with it. And then the question is, how do you distribute it? First come, first serve could be a problem. Um yeah, maybe maybe an auction, but uh, it's tough to say. It's tough for me to say. It's it's a weird one. But I think it's a good way for them to actually make some money. Well, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a shareholder or something, I don't mm-hmm. think people will pay, definitely pay money for really marketable handles. Yeah. Uh, New York Times reports that back in December, people working at Twitter held talks about selling usernames. By the way, this happens person to person, peer to peer. It would just be a private negotiation. Hey, I want that username. Yep. Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. The report based on unnamed source who were close to the conversations uh, says that this isn't a sure thing and it remains unclear how far the talks got, especially going into the new year. Currently, Twitter's rules against username squatting restrict people from creating accounts without any actual profile for the purpose of selling their username. Musk himself talked about freeing usernames of 1.5 billion accounts wow. that have been deleted and haven't been used for years. Whoa. So the the issue is far bigger than you might imagine uh, at 1.5 billion. Out of those 1.5 billion, probably not too many that are extremely attractive. Uh Uh-huh. But. There's a handful. There's got to be some in there that some people would pay for. And Uh uh, I don't know. If I had to bet right now, I'd say they don't do this auction because I just, the PR aspect of it, I I think they just release it and people monitor it. Mm-hmm as they have been, but that's just a guess. New Galaxy S23 leak shows Samsung's official marketing picks. Ah, well, you can't have a new phone without a leak, can you, Will? No. That wouldn't be a new phone in 2020. What are we in, 2027? Yeah, it's around there. Feels that way sometimes. Ah, yeah, everything's moving. Anyway, S23 Ultra, they're going with this new camera language where the humps are gone. No more humps. No more bumps, no more lumps. Instead, just cylinders. Just the camera modules themselves poking out ever so slightly and simply. Uh, the uh, launch event is Feb 1, which is, you know, pretty close. It means the flow of unofficial information is going to get faster in the coming days. This is true. Pictures show the phone from important angles, and they show how the individually placed rear camera sensors will stick out from the body. Or not stick out that much at all, you know. You will definitely have some wobble on the table, I'm guessing. Oh, wow. But that is not much. That's pretty cool, Will. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did a pretty great job. Something like this Something like this might get a guy like you going. I'm going. It might get a guy like yeah. you going. This is a very subtle uh, jut out for the camera modules S23. Well done, Samsung. Now, you can see also via these pictures that we have multiple colors to choose from i see a lavender kind of pinkish look a silver that one is there a green tinge to the third one one there eh? is there a sage tinge going on or is it a forest tinge yeah what would you call that green i think it's a forest Mm -hmm. 
All right. Very well. subtle. Uh, yeah, so here we get to see what it looks like on the darker layout. This is about as minimal and simple as a Very, phone design can yeah. possibly be. It is rectangle, circle, call it a day. And by the way, I don't mind that. They've even in these pictures diminished the Samsung logo. And if you were to take that Samsung logo away, you basically have the simplest slab. You have like... You know, in, 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 in movies and shows when they have to show some phone in the future so they can't really have a brand on it, mm -hmm. it would be a blacked out version of this. Mm -hmm. This would be the black mirror slab yeah. that they're doing the episode and you can't really pinpoint the year, mm -hmm. except you know it would be bezel-less. It would go edge to edge. Yeah, of course. In the show. Of course. Uh, okay, so uh, listen, I, I, I kind of, I already liked what they were doing because it is different and, you know, it had gotten out of hand a little bit with the bulges. Those bulges were out of control, weren't they? Uh-huh, right in the corner, too. It was just getting, it kept growing and growing and growing. Like, it was like people were trying to show off their bulge. That's what was going on, Will. Yeah, don't want that. I'm serious. It was like a point of pride, man. I got the ultra because check it out. This is my ultra, dude. That's the level it had gone to. Uh-huh. And so to, like, pull it back. I mean, look what look at the Xiaomi prototype there. Look at that thing. Like you're, oh, yeah. you're telling me you're going to walk around with that and have nobody comment on your bulge. Gu guaranteed you do. Some people like it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to each their own, right? Sure, yeah. To each their own, most definitely. But I like Samsung sort of taking a slightly different approach on mm -hmm. that one. Sh shrinking things back up. That's what I'm looking for gotcha. these days. I understand. All right. <laughs> Get it together. Simpler you know? times, you know? Simpler times, yeah. Will. The, before the bulge. Uh -huh. You remember that era? Uh, okay. Remember phones used to be small. It was uh -huh. all about, like, slim and small and pocketable. Uh -huh. That was a thing. I had phones that were, like, this big. I had phones that, like, I had a Motorola phone that actually spun up to reveal the keypad. Oh, right, right, right. The flip. It wasn't a flip. That was more of a spin. Oh, okay. Or a pivot or something like that. It was tiny. Everyone was like, damn, that phone. It was cool because it was small. Mm. That was a different, I mean, obviously, it was a different, I mean, people had love for the mini. It had, it had a little mini, it had a fan base. It did, yeah. Speaking of love, how about some love for the nothing phone, which now possibly and soon becomes available in North America via some beta membership program. Your mm -hmm. chance to buy a really cool but broken product. That's according to Android Central. That's their words. Mm. Users may experience some limitations in quotations. So what? You won't get the full-fledged version of it? For $300, you can get a nothing phone one sent from the company to your door in the United States. Okay, that sounds fine. That sounds good to me. Uh, he goes on to say the phone certainly seems to be worth 300 bucks, and most people who have used it think the same way. There's a catch, though. It's not designed to work with your phone carrier and never will be. That's a big boom. You know what I mean, Well, So how are you going to use it? It's an iPod, like an iPod Touch. It's a <laughs> Wi-Fi-only device. No, I don't know what they're saying about this because I had it here and I was using it. You were using it. I, I presume it's missing some popular bands for some popular carriers. Oh, okay. So it won't work as well. Of course, if you continue to scroll, I'm sure the next paragraph will tell us. Uh, nothing is hiding behind words like testing purposes and beta version to whitewash all the problems you will have. There's nothing wrong with this. 
Google built a bunch of Nexus phones that were beta products filled with beta software. And I was a fan of those too. I don't, you know, as long as you know what you're getting into, nothing is, isn't telling any obvious lies here and I'm not accusing them of it. They tell you that this isn't an official release. The FAQ section tells you that this phone doesn't play well with AT&T, T-Mobile, or Verizon and that you probably encounter limitations because it's just a beta program designed to test the nothing phone, not an official US release. Very interesting. I will say, I use the device a little bit, and you use the device a little bit. And what network were you on? Because I was using it on Rogers here, and it was okay. I was I c- using it on Freedom. It was fine. Okay, so this is interesting. Now, there could be a difference here, or it could be that you or I didn't test it extensively enough to be like, hey, what is up with this? Like, yeah. did you download any massive files or do any speed tests? Not really, no. Yeah, so... Call quality was kind of the same, I don't know. Yeah, this is very interesting development, but it seems like a very risky purchase for people at this point if it's not recommended to be used on, what are those, the three biggest carriers? Yeah. (laughs) AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon. You're probably going to want to steer clear of that one for the time being, unless you're totally down with the testing reasons and you're just like an early adopter and you want to try this thing out at all costs and you understand the limitations, then... You can, you can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Tesla becomes top luxury auto brand in the U.S. I wonder what constitutes a luxury brand. Probably a price point. I pre- do you think of Tesla as a luxury brand, though? I don't. Which is odd because they are luxury prices. <laughs> I, I guess so, right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. The, the cheapest car is like... yeah. They got nothing in the budget the segment. The cheapest is like 60K They got Canadian. nothing in the budget segment. Yeah. But yet, I think it's because of all the promises and stuff that, that there would be this, these, this cheap model at some point and probably also the adoption rate that luxury usually makes it seem as though it's limited, that there, you aren't going to see many of them, yet Teslas are so ubiquitous. Like mm-hmm. they're everywhere. But I guess it, you know, technically speaking, in luxury price points, uh, Tesla's become the top luxury brand in the U.S. automotive market. The first time an American automaker has claimed this title for a few years now, dominated luxury segments in sales in the United States. However, due to the limited number of models available for, to be exact, other automakers could still be top sellers. Uh With recent increases in production capacity, Tesla is now delivering more volume in the United States, even with just their four models. Tesla has taken the top luxury automotive position for the first time in the United States. And according to Automotive News, it's the first time in 25 years that the position has been held by an American automaker. So we have a nice little list here showcasing uh, some of those other competitors in the luxury space. Tesla, almost half a million units, almost half a million cars. BMW, 330,000, Mercedes, 286, Lexus, 258, Audi, 186. These are thousands, by the way. Then it goes Cadillac at 134, Acura, 102,000, and Volvo, 102,000. Obviously, we can discuss whether or not we think Tesla's a luxury brand. I think most people perceive Tesla as the electric car brand, period. I think more so that. And more than anything. it's just a very available electric car at the moment. And mm-hmm. they just pay the price, uh, whatever whatever the asking price happens to be. But certainly the price point seems to indicate that it is a luxury brand. And therefore, it should be compared to these to these brands. And what do you think? Quite a few cars. 
Well, long term, I don't think the aim is to be exclusively a luxury brand. And, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily include them in, but at the moment, yeah, at the moment, that's, that's what they are. Like you said, it's 60 grand Canadian, 50, 50 grand US to but get a car with, from that brand. What about beyond the price? Like, do you think like just getting into your plaid, mm. does it feel like it a is luxury It is certainly not the most luxurious car. Okay. No. And, and in a way, minimalism and minimalist things often don't have a tremendous don't output a tremendous feeling of luxury like whatever luxury happens to be and however you want to perceive it but like mm -hmm. on one end of the spectrum you have the bellagio at las vegas and it's like whoa overload but that's a popular perception of luxury or i don't know this kind of gold-plated marble like like very grandiose or detail or time consuming to produce or handmade or hand stitched or natural materials inside the tesla it really seems that there's as few things as possible in there mm -hmm. and that is in in automotive more towards the budget end of the spectrum mm. i'm not saying the materials aren't good enough i'm just saying that there's a different agenda in there and who knows maybe minimalism or minimalist does become luxury mm -hmm. it might be possible but for me and this is just personal opinion i have yet to run into a synthetic leather material that gives me the same impression as actual leather mm -hmm. as an as an example right now that's totally not taking into consideration the full list of pros and cons for either of those materials but there's a reason I believe why all these other brands have struggled to move beyond that particular material and into some of these synthetics that can simulate it really well. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, why brands like, say, uh, Porsche, for example, they just say, okay, it's not going to be leather at all then. We'll call it like race text and it'll be some other material completely that you can wipe down. And uh -huh. they, they're not even trying to simulate on the seating. Yeah. They have different types of leather at different calibers and quality levels, things like that. But leathers, I bet you leather's an option on pretty much all of those. I don't know about Volvo, but pretty much the rest of that list as an example. I'm just giving an example here, Well, Sure. All right. <laughs> I compare everything to leather, man. Like, yeah. have, have you ever touched, a, like, a nice leather, dude? I'm just... Well, it survives so many centuries. Leather. It almost, like, looks better... I, I'm sure there's people that are pissed off at this. They're like, okay, but leather come, you know, it's a cow, man. And, but it is such an incredible uh, material, it's such a versatile material. And it actually, in many cases, looks better the older it gets. I, I would love somebody to develop a synthetic that can achieve yeah. similar attributes. I just have yet to encounter it mm -hmm. at the moment. Last Cor one. Uh, corrupted file to blame. Maybe you can grow it in a lab. You know okay. how they're talking about, like, growing lab meat? Okay. Can we grow lab leather? Hopefully. That's we'll a big, that could be a big business, man. I'm on it. Think about it. All the interiors of cars that need this stuff. And all of a sudden, you're like, look, man, grown in a lab. Uh, uh, feel free. Enjoy leather. Enjoy genetically grown And it smells like Leather. It, it is leather. Yeah. Can we do that well? Do we have time for that? Do we have time for this uh, endeavor? I'll talk to my guys. 
Talk to your guys, man. Uh, corrupted file is to blame for computer glitch, which grounded every U.S. flight. Okay, this was a very requested uh, topic yesterday. However, we didn't get to it. And in the meantime, I've had Mo explaining it to me in tidbits. Senior government officials said the corrupted file affected both the main and backup computer system used by the Federal Aviation Administration, causing thousands of flights arriving and departing uh, the U.S. to be delayed with hundreds canceled. My understanding, and I don't know uh, to what extent you've studied this thing, but my understanding is these things were turning around the planes. Were they? I didn't read that. Okay, all right. Let's get to the top paragraph here. Uh, all outbound flights were grounded until 9 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday as the FAA worked to restore its, its notice to air mission system, which alerts pilots to potential hazards along the flight route. As of 3 p.m. yesterday, 4,948 flights within, into, or out of the U.S. had been delayed, according to flight tracker flightaware.com, while 868 had been canceled. One corrupted file. It's wild, isn't it? Jeez. Our dependence on these these systems at this point, like, yeah. whoa, everybody shut down. And all, obviously, this is what they're telling us, Will. Now, I'm uh, not suggesting any foul play here. Tomfoolery. But, you know, I could be like, I could be really late to arrive to this show. I'd be like, corrupted, man. I had this corrupted file. Uh, yeah, on uh, your car. Yeah, we could be <laughs> like, we car. could be like ready to broadcast. you like, damn, man, corrupted, corrupted, glitch. It was yeah. a glitch. He encountered a glitch. What do you expect? What can we do? You think it could be... Because uh, it also affected the primary systems and the backup systems, Will. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There's too much riding on one corrupted file. And, hey. uh, <laughs> those pesky systems and backup systems. Yeah. They got the backup system as well. Anyway... Uh, this is brutal. Obviously, no one wants to be stranded in the airport. And probably, imagine them telling people there. They're like, there's a corrupted file. They're like, what? Yeah. And I need some more information on that. We're con continuing a thorough review to determine the root cause of the outage. Our preliminary work has traced the outage to the damaged database file. At this time, there is no evidence of a cyber attack. But it obviously showcases the, oh, man. You could really screw, screw some things up with an actual cyber attack uh -huh. in this direction. Don't definitely don't do that. Um, U.S. President Joe Biden weighed in. He was briefed on the outage uh, by his press secretary. She said there was no evidence of the cyber attack and it was a glitch. But the president uh, was directed to conduct a full investigation into the cause. Yeah, it's a huge national security threat. All these planes uh, uh, disrupted by this glitch, uh, their behaviors changed, altered, delayed, turned around, false information, possibly. Uh, it's just so crazy how so many planes depend on this very system. Yeah, you can see some of the tweets from people who were stranded. Here's somebody in Paris, can't fly into the U.S., uh, you got to love it. You book a 6 a.m. flight to avoid delays, but a nationwide issue delays the flight anyways. I mean, there's going to be all types of speculation and investigation into this. People are going to want to attempt to get to the root cause, and probably there are some people who study this kind of thing who uh, will discover something, but mm -hmm. it definitely showcases uh, the dependence on these, on these systems, and you, then you question, you wonder about these backups. Yeah. How can a corrupted file 
affect both at the same time. What is a backup? What is a backup? Shouldn't a backup be separate from alterations? Yeah. Shouldn't it be from a, an earlier date? Pre, shouldn't it be from a pre-corruption date, Will? Isn't that what a backup is? Yeah, Don't you just supposedly. keep looking back through backups until you find a version without a corruption? It's like 1991. That's right. <laughs> Go back to... 1991 status thank you to everybody that joined here today couple of quick shout outs i want to shout out optimus prime in the chat i see you in there time to musk up uh spears michael beaver michael beavers uh don't worry i see you guys i pay attention i i uh i also am cognizant of those that are watching this at a later date i'm cognizant of those that are enjoying this show in the clip format but i do of course appreciate you guys the most because you're here live taking time out of your day to spend it with us and uh, as mentioned when we you know, we're doing this daily now it's noon o'clock it's 12 eastern and we're gonna and we're giving you notice with the pre-show and hopefully for tomorrow's show you guys can contribute as well so will's gonna be inside the live chat as much as an hour before the show goes live so make sure to get your stories in and we'll we'll talk about them whatever it is that matters to you is bothering you or you're excited about we want to hear about it and uh we'll, if we if we pick a topic that you suggest we'll probably give you a shout out for that as well all right we'll say whoever it was who submitted it if will can hopefully keep track of that mm-hmm. it's always a work in progress everything's a work in progress life is a work in progress we'll hopefully continue to improve we'll at least try to improve Thank you, everybody. I'll see you later. And in this case, later is tomorrow. Bye.